But so often, we take a break from God and say, I'll pick back up with God when school gets back in and my routine gets back to normal. And so the whole point of this summer and this series is to challenge us to continue to pursue after Jesus. And today, we're going to be looking at families. We're going to be looking at parenting. And so I know some of you in here and you're like, Gabe, I'm not a parent. That's okay. Because one, you're a part of a family in some form or fashion. God is our father. So you're part of his family. And hopefully one day you'll, you might have children to parent. And then lastly, we're all called to make disciples and to reach the next generation. So what we're going to go through today in Psalm 127 affects everyone in this room. So if you have God's word, go ahead and open up to Psalm 127. And this is a psalm uh, of Solomon, and he, he is a man, and he's writing actually to other men to be great fathers. Because so often when we think of parenting, it's almost we like to pawn that off to the moms and to our wives and say, no, you can do that. Let me provide, you do the parenting. We do that a lot in our culture. But we see here that Solomon is saying, no, men, we are called to parent and lead the way in our parenting. And so we're going to dive into this uh, in Psalm 127. So we read it with me. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Verse 4, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. All right, so this morning, faith family, I want to give you four truths from Psalm 127 that will help us not waste our opportunities with our children. I want to give you four truths from this passage that will challenge us not to waste our opportunities. Because we live in a world today that we are bombarded with technology, with jobs, with providing for the future, all these things that are competing with our time with our children and our parenting our children. And the heartbeat of today's message is that we wouldn't waste those opportunities with them. So I want to give you four truths from this passage. The first one is this, love is not enough. Love is not enough. Look at verse one. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Every, if I asked every parent in here this morning, they would probably say they would love their children. They might not like them right now, but they love them, right? Every parent, parent would say, yes, I love my child. But parents, we're not the Beatles. We need more than just love, okay? To parent children, we need more than love. But, but so often we think, if I just love them enough, they're gonna turn out okay. We say that to ourselves. We rationalize a lot of the flaws in our parenting by just saying, hey, if I just love them a little more, they're gonna turn out all right. But we see here from the get-go in Psalm, in Psalm 127, in verse one, 
It's not how much love we bring to the table. We see from this passage, unless the Lord, and look at, look at verse one, it says the Lord, and it's in all caps. Whenever you see that in God's word, Lord's in all caps, that's the name Yahweh. That is God's name. I am who I am. So that's saying the Lord, meaning God, his personal name, and it means he is powerful, he is mighty, and he is sovereign. So unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. It's the same thing with our parenting. We can have all the love for our children, but if we do not have Yahweh, if we do not have Jesus, then we labor in vain. It's the same thing with those precious children that were just on our stage. If they do not have Yahweh, if they do not have Jesus, then we labor in vain. We need more than love. We need Jesus. We need God's sovereign right hand to help us raise up our children. And we must remember that God is our ultimate father anyways. And he's the one that takes care of us all. And since he's the one that takes care of us all and he's the one that is in control, then we must understand that every child is a gift. Parents, every child is a gift. Every child is a gift from God and they should be seen as gifts. So often, I see it all the time with children and working with kids for a long time that it's so easy to take that precious gift that God has given you and love it more than God. It's so easy to take our children, we love them and they're so precious and it's almost like your heart breaks every time they fall down. I understand the love that a parent has for their child but it's so easy to take that child and elevate them to a place that they shouldn't be. We put them above our marriages, our spouse, our husband and our wife. We put them even above God. But faith family, our children cannot bear the weight of our worship. Children were not designed to bear the weight of our worship. If we elevate them to that place, they will come crumbling down and we'll be unsatisfied and disappointed. The only one that can bear the weight of our worship is God and God alone. So may we be reminded that our children are gifts. And so that means we gotta have the right priorities as we parent. It's God first, and then if you're married, then it's your spouse next, and then it's your children. We live in a culture where we allow the children be elevated even above our spouse, and that gets the order out of whack. I remember when I was in high school, like most high schoolers, I believed I knew everything, all right? It didn't matter what the subject was. I was the expert in that subject, and I knew everything. And of course, my parents thought I didn't know anything, so there was a lot of tension in high school. Do we have any high school parents out there that can testify to that a little bit, a little amen? You know you know what I'm talking about? And so it was one afternoon, I was arguing with my mom, and I was being very, very disrespectful. And I would have never said the things to my mother if I knew my father was home. I didn't know my dad was home. He was actually downstairs. And so after I say the things to my mother, I I start going downstairs and I'm about to get into my truck to leave. All of a sudden, I feel someone grab my shoulder and spin me like a top. It was my father. In the most loving way at that point he could, he stopped me and he kindly reminded me that he loved my mother more than me. 
He loved my mother more than me. And I wasn't called to treat her that way. And at that moment, I was frustrated, I was angry. But I remember it was a pivotal, pivotal point in my growing up in high school because I remember later that night, as I was laying in bed, I wasn't angry with my father. I wasn't angry with my mother because at that moment, honestly, I felt a peace because I knew my dad loved my mom. I knew that my dad would do anything to protect my mother and children want to see that. And it was huge for me because when, when things get in the right place, when they fall into the right line, children will know and see when they are seen as gifts and everything's in the right priority, God will be glorified. That's the purpose of gifts. Gifts are given to us not to distract us from the glory of God, but to praise the glory of God, to magnify his glory. So faith family, if you're a parent in here, may we see this first truth from verse one that love is not enough. And may we not waste our opportunities with our children that thinking, Love is enough. No, we need the sovereign right hand of God to help us see our children as gifts and to help us keep our priorities where they need to be. The second truth I want to share with you this morning is this. Providing or provision is not enough. Providing is not enough. Look at verse 2. It says, it is in vain that you raise up early and go late to rest eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Parents, we can spend all our days trying to provide and protect our children. Men, that's what we love to do. It's one of those things with our two little children at home. I want to protect them. I want to provide for them. And that is a beautiful God-given thing, men, that we are called to do. But men, provision is not enough. I get the chance to work with college students. I have here at Cross Point for the last five years, and I've had so many college young men come to me, and they say, yes, I had a father he provided physically, but he was never there emotionally. He was never there spiritually, and they are longing for that type of father figure. Even in college, they're longing for it. Just mere physical provision is not enough. Fathers, mothers, our greatest joy and calling is to make disciples. And God has given you children in your home to do that. Yes, we see from this passage, raising children is stressful. Can I get an amen about that, you know? Raising children is stressful. We even see here that there's anxiousness and you rise and you go to bed late. New parents are like, yes, I haven't slept in months. All I want is rest. And then also the the parents that just have some teenagers that are starting driving, they're like, yes, all I want is rest. And so we see that from this passage. So if you're a parent and you want rest, what do you do? Solomon tells us, from this, He's trying to tell us that we can try to raise our children out of our own power, and if we try to cling on them and, and do it all ourselves, then we will only produce worry, anxiety, stress, and sleepless nights. But if we trust in the Lord, if we trust and cling on to him instead of our children, then we will find peace. 
the beautiful thing about this, he says, for he, meaning God, gives his beloved sleep. God gives us rest. So parents, I want you to understand this amazing truth that God is for you in parenting, that he is there to help you. It is so comforting to know that God is on my side as I try to raise our children. So whether you are a couple here this morning or maybe you're a single parent here this morning, I want you to understand that you're not alone in your parenting, that our heavenly father, the greatest parent of all, is on your side. And he's there to help you, to give you rest. We just gotta ask for it. Hey, family, do you daily go to God saying, God, help me to parent my children? God, lead me in wisdom and discernment. May we ask for it. My wife and I, we do not have any children of our own, but we do have a couple foster children, and we love them like our own. And we get asked all the time, how do you do it? Because we know the day is that chances are that they will leave our home and go back to their, their, their birth parents, and that's great. That's what we want out of foster care. And they say, I, I just couldn't do that. How can you do that? Because it would just break my heart. And my answer is yes, it will hurt. And yes, it will break my heart. But the one comfort I have is knowing that I'm not in control. The one thing that gets me through that thought is knowing that I'm not in control. They're not in my hands, they're in God's. So no matter if they're in my home or someone else's home, God will take care of them. Parents, it's the same thing with your children. We can try to cling onto them here on this earth right now, but we have to understand that you can't cling onto them so tightly because they're ultimately not yours anyways. They're a gift. They are God's. So may we not waste our opportunities with our children thinking that just mere provision is enough. No, we need to trust in the power of God through prayer, through prayer to parent our children with peace. That's the second thing. The third thing is this. Going to church is not enough. To parent well, going to church is not enough. Look at verse three. It says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord the fruit of the womb, a reward. We see here that our children, every child is part of a heritage, meaning a heritage is the same word for inheritance. And that's an inheritance is something that you leave behind to benefit other generations. So our children are an inheritance or a heritage that we're gonna leave behind to benefit other generations. So we're leaving behind our children and then they will leave behind their children and their children will leave behind their children. But what are we called to leave behind? The beauty of the gospel. Jesus making disciples. The beauty of the church. That, those are a couple things that we're called to leave behind with our children. And for this to happen, parents, we must understand that just going to church is not enough. If you're a parent in here, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is Jesus an everyday reality or just a weekend experience? 
Is Jesus an everyday reality or just a weekend experience in your home? Chew on that. Be challenged by that question. If, if we could poll your child, if we brought them up, maybe not in here, that would be too intimidating, but if we pulled them aside, what is daddy most passionate about? What does mommy love the most? What would your child say? Would they say Candy Crush? <laughs> Facebook? Football? Daddy works, I never see him. Their jobs. My daddy loves to play golf. Those things aren't bad, but if we have to understand that they can easily get in the way of our parenting and leading them to Jesus. My hope, if you ask my children, what is daddy passionate about? What does daddy love? Who does daddy love the most? I hope they say Jesus. That daddy loves Jesus. He loves Jesus more than ministry. He loves Jesus even more than mommy. He loves Jesus more than his job. He loves Jesus more than his handicap. He loves Jesus most of all. Parents, it is at home where the gospel takes root. It is at home where our children will see the gospel lived out. So do your children see the grace of God when they are at home? Do your children see the love, mercy, and forgiveness of God when they are at home? Parents, the point is not for our children to see mom and daddy as perfect, but for them to see that mom and daddy need a perfect savior. I'll say that one more time. Parents, the point is for not for our children to see mom and daddy as perfect, but for our children to see mom and daddy needing a perfect savior. When you're at home and you're arguing with your spouse and your children see it, how are you gonna to point to Jesus after that? It is so good to go to our children and to apologize, yes, even to our children, to point them back to Jesus. One of the greatest things my father ever did to me, one afternoon I saw him not treating my mother with respect, and later that day he came to me and apologized for that. I was in middle school and I was totally blown away. I'm like, Dad, why are you doing this? This is so awkward, this is so weird. But in tears he said, Gabe, I'm not treating my wife, your mother, the way I should. And it penetrated my heart because at that moment I heard my dad saying he still needs Jesus every day. Parents, we're not called to be perfect. We're called to rely on our perfect Savior. Are you showing Jesus at home? Are you having gospel conversations with your children? Are you trying to weave the gospel into certain situations at home? When one child hits the other child and they're, it just goes crazy for a moment, how are you gonna bring that back to point to Jesus? And yes, you're not gonna have home run conversations about Jesus and you're gonna walk away like, yes, I did it. Boom, gospel bomb on them. You know, you're not, you're not gonna have those conversations a lot. But the point is you're having those conversations. You're weaving the gospel in. Our children need to see our desperate need for Jesus. And that takes place at home. So at home is where the gospel takes root, but here at church is where the gospel can be planted. So when you hear this, this phrase that going to church is not enough, I don't want you to throw out the church. No, we need the church desperately. 
but it's the home and the church working together. At church is where the gospel Jesus has planted, and at home it's where it takes root. The way I view the church is we're the scaffolding that comes around a family to help build them up to follow Jesus. That's why we say in our family ministry, we're here to partner with families to make disciples. Yes, if you're a parent in here, you're in charge. You're to lead the way in discipling your children, but we're called to come alongside of you, to help you. You're not alone in this. We want to be there with you. It takes a community to raise children, and we want to be that community with you. To kind of use a military analogy, it's kind of like the church It's like the air raid. We come and drop some gospel bombs on the kids to help you out, all right? But parents, you're the ground infantry that are with them every day that helps put it into place. Barna is a big research group, has done studies that show that children who grow up with five godly influences are twice as unlikely to leave the church when they get older. You can go and find research that shows that when a lot of times when children grow up in church, they get to college, they leave the church. But if they just have five godly influences in their life, they're twice as unlikely to leave the church. Someone that works with youth and college as well, that is huge. That is huge. So we need your help, church, to help raise the children and the youth of our church. We need your help in DPK parents. We need your help in the nursery parents. Parents, we need your help in youth to raise up our children to follow after Jesus. I'm so thankful for the volunteers and the leaders that we have, but we always need more. And right now, I'm praying for my little children when they get into middle school, when my little daughter gets into sixth grade that she would have an amazing life group leader that would pour herself out for her because she needs godly influences in her life besides her parents. Yes, we're called to lead the way, but the church is called to come around them. So faith family, we need your help. So may we not waste our opportunities with our children thinking that going to church is enough. No, we need to show our children, parents, that we need Jesus every single day in the church, faith, family. We're called to be the scaffolding around every family that comes through our doors to help build up that family in pursuit of Jesus. The last point I want you all to see this morning is this, that his mission is enough. For us not to waste our summer, for us not to waste our opportunities with our children, we must understand this essential truth in verses four and five that his mission is enough. Look at verse four and five with me. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Faith family, the gospel, Jesus, the story of Jesus redeeming his people is the greatest story ever told. It is the greatest adventure that we could spend our lives on. The idea that God brings us into that story, redeems us, and then calls us to make disciples is the craziest and greatest adventure that we could ever spend our lives doing. 
But I truly believe the reason that so many high school students, middle school students, and college students walk away from the faith is because parents do not show how great that story is. Because our lives are consumed with the things of this world. We'd rather spend all our time on us and pursuing other things instead of pursuing Jesus. Children don't leave the church when they go to college. Children leave the church in eighth grade when they see mom and dad disengaging from the church. So what do you do, parents? How can you help them catch his mission of making disciples and to reach the nations? How do you do that? One is just lead the way in it. If you've never gone on a mission trip as a family, I wanna encourage you to do that. It is so good for parents to go with your children to serve. That's why we say, connect, grow, serve, and send. Help them to catch that vision of serving and sending. It's amazing to see what students and college students will do when they go and they serve in a foreign country and when they do those things, when they go on the south side of town and serve at Bubs, there's a fire that's burning in their hearts because they catch that vision of the story that is God's word to make disciples and it's so much greater than this world has to offer with its pleasures. So parents, do things that spark that adventure with your children. Go on a mission trip with them. We got one going to Chicago. It might all be filled up. I don't know, all right? But do things that help them see the beauty of the gospel. Go to Bub's. Serve at Bub's. Grab a Hungry at Home bag. Take them to the grocery store and help let them pick out groceries to bring back here to give to families that are in need. Take them to life group and help them to see the beauty of going to life group and how great it is that we have community. It'd be amazing to see what our children can do if we lead the way in it. God gives us our children so that we can prepare them for his mission. God gives us our children so that we can prepare them for his mission. I love what J.D. Greer said. Children are not accessories, they are arrows. Children are not accessories, they are arrows. Look at verse four, it says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. An arrow is designed to be shot, not to be stored. Jim Elliott, who was a missionary to Ecuador who lost his life on the greatest adventure of all of reaching the nations, said this. He says, remember how the psalmist described children. He said that they were arrows. What are arrows for but to shoot? So with the strong arms of prayer, draw back the bowstring and let the arrows fly. All of them. Straight at the enemy's host. Parents, it's easy for us to ask the question how we are called to parent. But have you ever asked the question, why did God give me these children? Why did God give you these children? To release them as arrows. To set them on a trajectory for his mission and his glory. God did not give you these children to hoard and to keep, 
but to let go. But so often, that, that's scary. To be honest, as a parent, the idea of letting go can be extremely scary. We have two little ones and we got so much car seats and protection in our car, it's crazy. I remember when I was two or three years old, I, don't, I didn't sit in a car seat. We just crawled around our minivan and our station wagon. How many of y'all remember those days? All right, booster seats, what are those? I don't know, but now you have to be 16 and have a license before you get out of a booster seat these days. It is crazy. <laughs> we live in that bubble wrap culture of safety. You know, you see kids not, I never wore a helmet riding my bike. I see kids in my neighborhood have bike, elbow pads, knee pads, and even bubble wrap taped around them, you know, just in case they fall off. We want to protect our children. And that's good to protect. But when it comes to the gospel and letting them go for the glory of God, it can be dangerous. And yes, it is scary. Because I truly believe in these rooms around us, God is calling missionaries to the far ends of the earth. And how dare us as parents to hold them back. May we let them go. Reggie Joyner says this, the ultimate mission of the family is not to protect your children from all harm, but to mobilize them. For the mission of God, it is possible to, to hold on to our kids so tightly that we forget the ultimate goal of parenting is to let go. Parents, how are you leveraging your family, your children, for the glory and mission of God? Are you trying to keep them? Are you setting them in place to let them go? As I close, my heartbeat is for every parent in this room to know that you're not alone in your parenting, that God is here for you. Yes, love isn't enough, provision isn't enough, even coming to church isn't enough. No, we need Jesus. So as this time, as we close and, and the band's gonna come and lead us in one more song, I wanna, this is, we end today in just prayer. So if you're a parent in this room, I wanna encourage you just to pray for your children. Pray that they would catch the vision and mission of God. Pray for them, lift them up. And if you're a parent in here, maybe you wanna pray for yourself, for your spouse, that you'd be a great mother and a great father to your children, that you would be able to let them go. That you would lead the way in pursuing Jesus so that they can follow after Jesus. So maybe you wanna pray for yourself and maybe you're in here today and you, you don't have children and maybe you just feel called just to lift up these children. We wanna ask you to pray over them or maybe God's put it in your heart to serve. So after the service today, go to our next steps area. We wanna get you plugged in to serve. But before we leave, before we do anything, I just want us to pray. Pray for our children, and let's pray as parents. Will you pray with me? Father God, I'm so challenged by that thought that my children are not accessories. They are arrows. God, it's so easy to try and just to cling on to them. So Father, I just lift up all the parents that are in here today and that, that guys, we saw from your word that love isn't enough, provision isn't enough.
Even just coming to church isn't enough with Jesus. We need you. So Father, for all the parents that are here today, God, we just, I ask that they would see their desperate need for you. God, give them strength to lead the way in leading their children to follow after you. Father, may you be their greatest joy and passion in their lives. Father, we lift up all these precious children that are here today. God, we do ask that you would draw them to yourself. We can't force them to follow after you, God. It is you working and you moving in their lives. And so, God, we cling to your sovereign right hand to shepherd and guide our children. Father, I ask that you would raise up many arrows so that they would be released for the glory of God to all people. Jesus, may you move in this time. In your holy name I pray, amen.